worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. So it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Verses 1 through 27, Luke chapter 19. Father, we thank you, Lord, for being El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you for being Jehovah Rapha, our healer. 
Thank you, Father, for being our King of kings and our Lord of lords. Lord, thank you for the fact that you're sovereign over all people, all nations, all things, and all matters. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us, Lord. You've saved us, made us brand new, and you've called us to be stewards over that which you've entrusted to us. Father, with every passing day, help us to become much more faithful students of your word, reading and studying your word, and allowing your spirit to teach us to be good stewards of all you've entrusted to us. And help us to recognize, Lord, that we're to live for your glory and to seek to be the fruitful vessels in your hands that you would have us to be. Teach us to be fruitful in the ways you would have us to be by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful that we can approach your holy throne today, and we recognize it's because of your Son and his death on the cross for sinners like us. We rejoice in that today. Father, we're thankful for that, and we're thankful for the peace that comes from that and the hope of eternal life. God, we pray for our listening family, that you would draw near to them, that you would work in their hearts through this broadcast today, that they would hear what you have to say to them, that they would not only hear it, but receive it and live on it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. I want to mention that today we're very blessed and honored to have as our in-studio guest uh, a gentleman by the name of Stephen McDowell, a name which some of you might recognize. He's a well-known author, a Bible scholar, a teacher, amongst other things, as well as he's the president of the Providence Foundation. Uh, Stephen, good to have you with us today. Well, it's great to be with you, Pastor Joseph. Well, we appreciate you being here. And I'm going to ask you if you'll take a few more moments to further introduce yourself, because again, lots of our listeners will probably very much know your name, but then there are those who maybe they hadn't caught it before. So if you'll further introduce yourself so listeners will know a little bit more about you and whatever's on your heart to share about the mission and the work of the Providence Foundation as well. Well, the uh, Providence Foundation is a Christian educational organization whose mission is to train leaders to transform their culture for Christ. And we do that by educating in a biblical worldview. So we teach biblical principles of law, government, education, economics. That is, how does the truth of the Bible not just apply to my personal life, but how does it apply to civil society? And so we have, about 40 years ago almost, when I helped found the Providence Foundation, I've served as its president uh, ever since, and we put out many different books and materials and training courses, setting up classes, not only in the United States, but we've trained people from over 100 different countries how to apply biblical truth to help bring transformation in their nation. Our materials are in 18 different languages, and and we've, uh, in the last number of years, I've done extensive work throughout uh, Latin America to help equip Christians really how to disciple the nation. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. gave us a commission. We call it the Great Commission. He said, you know, go uh, and make disciples of all the nations. All authority has been given into me in heaven and in earth. And, and then he gives us that mission to go and transform them. How does that occur? He tells us by transforming the personal man, baptizing them, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I commanded. So as we go and teach all of what Christ commands, all of the truth of the Word of God, we will see that all of society will be transformed, and that's what we've sought to do 
um, uh, over uh, many dec- many decades, and you know it's it's we're, we're small uh, organization, but God has brought about large impact. Uh, I, it's the seed principle at work. You know, I love that seed principle. You, you the potential impact of one's seed is great. There's a whole forest. In the seed, I I love the saying. Someone once said that you can count how many seeds are in an apple, but you cannot count how many apples are in a seed because mm. one seed can produce millions of pieces of fruit. Mm. And so we're we've just gone about, Lord, let us be faithful to what you've called us to do. Kind of like the parable that you've just uh, read, Lord, let us use the talent and skill and ability you've given us. Let us be able to plant it like a seed, mix that with our labor so that we can be productive and, and uh, we have a part to play in the productivity. But, but Lord, you bring the increase, you bring the growth because you, you are the author of history and the author of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit about you know, what we've been doing and working on over the last many decades. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment now specifically to pray for listeners in, in this regard. You know, as you share today uh, from your heart, uh, there will be people in many different places who will hear, and God has something important for every single listener to, to learn and receive. So if you'll pray that they would have ears to hear whatever the Holy Spirit wants to say to them through the broadcast today, uh, would you do that now? Please? I would be glad to. Father, I thank you that you have a plan for every one of your children unique calling that you have for each of us and and every calling is just as important as any other you know some of us most of us aren't going to be known by uh, people by the world we're not going to be famous individuals in the eyes of the world but lord if we use those those talents and skills and abilities that you've given us that all of us doing that then is going to help bring forth your kingdom. So I play, pray for every person who's listening. Father, just uh, confirm in their heart, put in their heart and mind, this is what I've called you to do. This is the work that I want you to be about. This is how you can do business right now in your life. So give them a peace, an understanding, a confidence, a security in the Holy Spirit that this is... This is the work I should be about at this time. And Lord, bless their efforts, bring forth great fruit as they humbly carry on that specific call and mission you have for them. And as they walk that out uh, every day, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Well, Stephen, you, uh, we had the privilege of having you uh, to speak to our uh, staff today. We here at AFA, we have the privilege of beginning Monday through Friday with a morning devotion. And you spoke and shared such a powerful topic this morning, sharing about uh, basically the concepts of fruitfulness and productivity. And I want to ask if you'll share some of what you shared with us as a staff this morning. Well, you know, God has called us, his people. In fact, he's called all mankind that's created in his image to be productive. And we're to be productive in both our spiritual and our natural activities. There are many scriptures that speak to the fact that we're to bear fruit, that we might bear fruit for God, Paul writes in Romans 7, 4, bearing fruit in every good work. Jesus himself said, go and bear fruit. 
And in that parable, he taught how that we're to bring forth fruit. Some will 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And so we certainly in our spiritual endeavors should be fruitful, fruitful in our spiritual disciplines like evangelism and Bible reading, worship, prayer, all of these things, we are to be fruitful. Um, but we're not only to be fruitful in spiritual endeavors, I put that in quotes because all of our endeavors are really spiritual, but also in our natural endeavors. See, each of us have a calling. There's a unique purpose that God has for every individual, and that purpose encompasses all, all areas of life. We have family responsibilities. We have an occupation we're called to, and a skill that we can use to be produce needed goods and services that bless mankind in our business endeavors and other responsibilities of life. And so God wants us to be fruitful in those areas too. And that that the parable that you read of the talents or the minas or, or, or speaks to that very issue. It tells us, because I believe those coins represent not only wise use of money, but they represent all of our talents, skills, and abilities that God has given us. And God tells us, be fruitful with those. Be productive with those. Take those. Mix your labor with that. It's kind of like those seeds. Plant the seeds and produce more. And we see in that parable that God rewards productivity. You know, the one who took his one and produced ten more he was given authority over ten cities. Well done, good and faithful servant. And not only that, but the one that the unfaithful servant who buried his talent, he was given that extra one because the master knew he would turn that one into ten more. And he would be an abundant blessing. So God will reward our obedience to be productive. But if we bury our talents, as we read about the unfaithful servant, we're going to be in big trouble. So we don't want to do that. Say, Lord, Jesus said you ought to at least put it in the bank. <laughs> that that brings about a little productivity. But God wants us to be productive in all of our endeavors because that's how he will bless mankind. Well, I'm going to jump in right here. We're going to uh, coming into a break, and we'll pick up on the other side right there. Our in-studio guest today is Stephen McDowell. He's the president of the Providence Foundation. We'll be right back. Protects me from my heart. 
Music from the Walls group with All Praise Goes to You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our in-studio guest today is Stephen McDowell. He's the president of the Providence Foundation. Uh, Stephen, would you share with our listeners, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about the work and the mission of the Providence Foundation, how can they do that? Well, the best way is to visit our website, which is providencefoundation.com providencefoundation.com all run together. We have lots of articles and things to, to read about God's providentially moving in history, God's hand in history. We have a lot of resources that you can access and and uh, many things. So uh, you can learn all you want at providencefoundation.com. Okay. All right. And uh, I wanted to ask you this too. You know, the... Uh the, what you're sharing about the truths related to the uh, parable of the Minas is is powerful, and it relates to every believer on earth. It's an important truth to grasp, yet I think it really is one that, to be quite honest, is often misunderstood or just missed altogether by believers because um, many a believer, they think that, for example, if they're a salesperson, if their sales go down, then they know they might get fired. But when it comes to spiritual things, sometimes they may think, well, I preached and I taught, but God didn't bless it. You know, in other words, blame it on God. But part of what you see in this parable is that God expects us to be productive. Would you sort of elaborate on that? Well, you know, God's plan for man from the very beginning was this very thing. Mm-hmm. Genesis 1, we read how God created man in his image, male and female, and he put him in the earth. You know, God created the earth, all the natural resources in the earth, and God made him steward over his resources. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, rule over the earth, take dominion over the earth. In Genesis 2, it talks about we are to cultivate the earth. And so, in that sense, man, his highest creation, is like God. God is a creator, Mm-hmm. You read that in the very beginning. He created everything we see, all the natural resources. But then when he gave man the mission to be the steward, he said, you're going to take my original resources that are in the, the state of nature, if you will, use your mental and muscular energy to rearrange those natural resources to produce new re- goods new services, because in so doing, you'll meet your needs because we have, you know, we have needs. You know, he created the trees there in the Garden of Eden for food. They were good for food. He knew that Adam and Eve would need to eat this good food. And so we become creators like God when we make new things out of God's original uh, resource. So in other words, he's telling them, I want you to be productive. I didn't create Mm -hmm. you to sit around and drink lemonade by the pool all day. I created you to be like me, working hard. Jesus said in John 5, 17, he said, my father's working and I am working too. We follow them. We're to work. So we're to labor, we're to create new things because that meets our needs. But it also is a way to bring flourishing to mankind. It's a way Mm -hmm. that we increase you know, the level of how we live. So in essence, this is what economics is all about. Mm-hmm. Economics is being productive. It's taking what exists and create new goods and services. So from the very beginning, God gave man this mission to be productive. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, 
You know, he walked with God perfectly before the fall. He heard the voice of God. They walked with him in, in the garden. They knew, knew God. So even before the fall, this productivity spoke to the, the good earth that God created. The world is, is good. It wasn't just spiritual concerns. It wasn't just you know, spending time in prayer to be productive, but it was also fulfilling your occupation. You know, mm-hmm. one translation of, of the parable in Luke 19, it says to occupy until I come. The master told his servants to occupy until I return, come back. And the primary way that man will occupy the earth is through his occupation. Mm-hmm. It's through our occupation, whatever it is. If it's a farmer, a, you know, a mother in the home, a, a engineer, a carpenter, you know, we are to that our our work is part of our occupation, and we create new things, good things that make our life uh, uh, better. This has been God's mission from the beginning. I want to ask if you'll take a moment now specifically to pray for the church as a whole, but for leaders in the church to grasp the truth that you're speaking of, because that's life-changing if a believer grasps, because I think too often when we don't see fruit, we think, well, God just didn't bless it, and we blame it on God. (laughs) When there's so much, God has given us a lot, but he's expecting us to do our part. Would you you pray for that? Yes, Father, we... We acknowledge that as stewards, we're to imitate you. Thank and that means we need to work. We need to labor. You know, labor is, as uh, John Locke said, is the title deed to property. The way that we acquire more property is through work and through labor. And so this is what you, you required of us, even before the fall of man, that you want us to work and labor. And that's part of the key to being productive. Yes, we need your blessing upon that productivity as well. So, Father, I pray that you would reveal to leaders in the church, to reveal to all your people, especially those leaders, that part of my mission is to equip the saints who sit in my pews every Sunday uh, to be productive, equip them to fulfill the calling and mission that God has for them. And that mission is not just to go and win souls, which is the central point of the mission. This is where it begins. But it's then to be the good steward that you called us to be when you created man in the beginning. Father, teach the church how to preach the entire full gospel, to preach the fact that our mission is not to get to heaven, but our mission is to bring heaven to earth as Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So show us, Lord, how we bring your kingdom, your government, your righteousness, your peace and joy here in this earth, in every aspect of the earth, every, every uh, uh, th- way that the earth functions to bring your kingdom to be prominent and foremost in that. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, You'd shared an example. Um, was it? I'm trying. Was it Noah? Noah, Noah Web- Webster. Noah Webster. Uh-huh. Share what you shared because that was so powerful to think of one person that has decided that with God's help they were going to be a productive individual. Yeah, there's so many examples in history of people being productive, of people doing what God wanted man to do from the very beginning, and Jesus reiterated. And we could talk 
know, for hours and hours and hours of, of the great examples of productivity. But I love Noah Webster. He was a man who lived a prolific life. And when did he live now? Now, Noah Webster was the founding father of American scholarship and education. He lived in the last half of the 1700s, the first half of the 1800s. So this is during the time when America became it's a free nation, a new nation. And he helped to lay the foundation for people to know how to live in freedom. Because to, to live in liberty is not the default state of fallen sinful man. If man left to himself won't advance, he will decline. And so we need to be educated in truth and, and still Christian character in us. Noah Webster understood that. So his whole life work was to equip Americans to know how to live in the great liberty that Christ has brought to us. <clears throat> and he did that through transmitting truth through education. So he wrote lots of textbooks, if you will. They were fully biblical textbooks from a speller, a grammar, a reader, his famous blueback speller. A lot of people may have heard of Webster's blueback speller, sold over 100 million copies during the 1800s. And he wrote it so every American could be self-taught. So when the West was founded, Americans took their Bible and a blueback speller with them so they could learn to teach themselves, to learn how to read, to read God's Word so they could live it and apply it. But he wrote a grammar, a speller, a history. Uh, he um, is perhaps most known for his an American dictionary, the English language. He worked 26 years on writing the first exhaustive English dictionary in history. 70,000 words contains thousands of scriptural references. He defines words biblically. Today, our dictionaries define words humanistically. So we're indoctrinated in secular humanism when we look up words. And he founded a university, started the first magazine in America, started a newspaper. He served in civil government in many capacities over uh, decades. Uh, he secured copyright legislation on state and national level. He promoted the idea of a constitutional convention during the 1780s. Just a marvelous man. During all of this time, he also lovingly raised seven children. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, all of these things that he did, I love what he said. After 26 years of working on this dictionary, where he actually spent 10 years on exploring the etymology of words, the meaning, where do words come from? Where would he have this word? Mm -hmm. And so when he finished the very last thing, he wrote an introduction to the publication of his dictionary, which was published in 1828. And he said this, and he said, And if the talent which God entrusted to my care has not been put to the most profitable use in his service, I hope it has not been kept laid up in a napkin. Now, he's <laughs> quoting from the parable in 19, uh, and that any misapplication of it may be graciously forgiven. So here's what this guy is saying. This humbles me. This is like, woe is me, Lord. I've tried to be productive in my life and do what you call me to do. But then I look at this man, Noah Webster, and all he accomplished, he, he was the most influential, one, perhaps the most influential American during the 1800s through transmitting the character and worldview necessary to live free, working diligently, you know, motivated from within by God's help, producing all these things, and his, his, his humble heart was, Lord, I hope I haven't misused the talents you've given me. You know, that's that's my heart and desire to do what you called us to do in the parable that you've read. I want to be 
the good and faithful servant who took my talent and turned it into 10 more because in so doing, I'm honoring you, I'm fulfilling my calling, and I'm bringing blessing to mankind. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bringing blessing. He, he blessed millions and millions of people learned how to read because of Noah Webster, and he wanted them to read so they could read the Bible firstly and mm-hmm. then read to accomplish the mission that God had for them. So great mm-hmm. example of a man who lived a productive life. Mm. You know, specifically, I want to ask, would you take a moment specifically to pray for parents to grasp it for themselves, but also to better understand that these are truths that we need to, by the grace of God, learn to pass on to our children? Would you pray for parents? Father, we read in Psalms that children are like arrows in the hands of the Lord, and that you've the greatest weapon you've given us, the families, to influence culture and others are our children. They're like those weapons we shoot into the future. So, Father, open the eyes of every one of us, everyone listening, of the, the, the powerful influence that we have through our children. Some people say, well, what can I do? There's evil in the world all around us. How can I do anything? <clears throat> well, Lord, you've given us a, a, a great weapon in our children. So it, reveal to each parent their responsibility to train, to educate, because one day we will give an account to you, Lord, of how we— we're stewards of these great blessings that you've given us as children. So to show them the great mission they have and then give them all the tools that they need to, uh, to be faithful and to educate well uh, their children. Father, we ask that you would do this because I believe that the future of our nation is dependent upon families once again assuming the responsibility to train their edu- train up their children the way they should go so that they might be instruments to advance your purposes in the earth. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, um, Stephen, I want to ask you this question now. I'm guessing Maybe you've run into people that would say something like this to you, and maybe after they've heard you share about the topic of fruitfulness and productivity, but if you have someone to approach you and say, well, Stephen, you know, that's good and fine, and um, that's beautiful, but God didn't give me any gifts or give me any talents, so I'm not talented like so-and-so. I don't have the gifts and strengths of so-and-so. He just he just skipped me. So uh, now we're, we're coming up on a break, so you're going to have to wait to the other side to respond to that, but... It's not hard to find sometimes people that will say statements like that. I don't have any gifts or talents or strengths, which, again, is, is, is strange, <laughs> but people will say that. So we'll pick up on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our in-studio guest today is Stephen McDowell, the president of the Providence Foundation. We'll be right back. But no longer bound by chains 
Mercy me with all of creation. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is Stephen McDowell. He's the president of the Providence Foundation. And would mention that, too, uh, where many of you may have heard Stephen's name mentioned is uh, he leads the AFA Spiritual Heritage Tours twice a year uh, for people that come to the Washington, D.C. community. And so, Stephen, as we begin this segment, before we get back to my question, would you share a little bit more about the tours and what you do on those tours? Yeah, for almost 25 years, Tim Wildman and I have been taking people from all over the United States to uh, historic sites in Virginia and Washington, D.C., with the intent of revealing that our historic sites reveal our Christian foundations. God's, we highlight God's hand in the history of our nation through the historic sites. So we go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, Yorktown, that area, for a few days, and then uh, at the end of the week, we'll go to Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon and see all the historic sites there. And we learn that without God in the Bible, there would be no United States as we know it today. That's our historic sites tell that story. And, you know, our national motto, In God We Trust, which is on our money and found many places in Washington, D.C., which we will see, reflects well the whole uh, foundation of the United States. We have a people who put our faith and trust in God, and because of that, God has brought great blessing. America's not perfect. We've had our problems that we've had to, to deal with, but the heart of those who founded it was, Lord, let us be faithful. With the calling you have for us, let us be productive and go plant those seeds that will produce a new free uh, land for people all over the world. Millions have come to America to flock to experience the the great liberty that has come from the founding. So that's kind of the ideas that we cover uh, in those tours, and we'd love to have any any of you that are listening come and, and join us. SpiritualHeritageTours.com is where you can find information about that. All right. Thanks for sharing about that, too. And once again, if someone wants to get in touch with the Providence Foundation or learn more about it, how do they do that? Our website is ProvidenceFoundation.com. Providence Foundation, all run together.com. And you can find lots of materials there. They'll keep you busy for a long time. Okay, then. Well, getting back to the matter I'd mentioned on the other side of the break, you know, if, if someone was to approach you and say, again, Stephen, really appreciate the insight and the wisdom you share about the whole idea of believers being called to be productive and fruitful, but I just don't have any gifts or talents or strengths, and it just looks like God bypassed me. How, how do you respond to that? Well, first, God has a calling for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. There's certain things that God has called you to do. And what each individual, each one of God's children is to do is to say, okay, Lord, what have you called me to do? How can I be a good steward of what you call me to right now? How do I train my children, pour my life into them? That's extremely important. How do I influence my community, my church, and and how do I conduct the, you know, my occupation or, or work or calling in a biblical manner? Yes, there's, and God has some people that are called to have more influence than others. You know, obviously most of God's people, who, the millions who've lived, we don't read about them in history books. But every one of us, as we are all working together to fulfill our mission, are inching forward God's kingdom in history. It's, you know, it's been advancing as all of us have done our little part. Some God has called to do more than, than others. But, you know, people do tell me, you know, when I tell stories about how God used Isaac Newton or William Penn or George Washington, they'll say, well, yeah, you know, they, they had a lot of money or knew big shots and had a better opportunity. But there's so many stories in history that uh, speak to the fact that God can take any little seed and produce abundance of fruit. I love the story of George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver was born into slavery just prior to the Civil War. And uh, and then when the Civil War broke out, he and his, his mom gained their, their freedom. But after the war, they continued to live on the farm where they had been a slave. Some, and as a young man, George Washington Carver was carried off, you know, by some marauders who came in and stole stuff from Mr. Carver, uh, and so his mom was lost. But he was brought back to the to the farm, and from a young age, he loved agriculture. He he loved the things that God had made. Was always asking questions, and and so his whole life story of how he, as a young ten year old left the Carver farm, went to, had to live under the steps while he went to school because he wanted to learn. Then he wanted to get in college and study agriculture, the great difficulty there. Eventually, he went to come and teach at Tuskegee Institute and, and, uh, and worked to, to uh, elevate, worked to bring blessing and flourishing to the farmers, especially in the southeast who were suffering uh, hardship because they, their crops weren't being productive and the boll weevils coming in and eating up their crops. But eventually he came to be one of the most influential men in elevating farmers throughout the world and how to be productive. How is it that I can can make my crops grow, but also how can I look at the creation God made in new ways? You know, he discovered over 300 different uses for the peanut plant because he he wanted to so look at this plan in a different way. He was doing what God told Adam and Eve to do in the very beginning, take my original resources, look at them in a new way, and he produced not only food items but paint and axle grease and and made milk that the, the, that they used, missionaries used in Africa, all kinds of things. Uh, uh, and so he is an example. Nobody had more to overcome than he did. He was born into slavery. His his mom and dad were lost. He had to go out and work on his own and faced you know great uh, dis- challenges and difficulties. But he, a Christian man, said he rose every morning and said, Lord, show me what to do today. And as he just every day took steps and did what he did, he went to become a tremendously influential person. So, so he's a great example for anyone today who says, oh, God can't ever use me because, you know, I, I don't have this or that or the other. You know, no, 
You just take a step every day, like George Washington Carver did, and say, Lord, show me today how I can be faithful in the area where you've called me. And God can use that to impact millions of people's lives. But, of course, each of our calling is different. Our, Our task is just to be faithful every day. And, and uh, even have the attitude of Jesus told that story about the, 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 the master's servant who worked all day, and then when he came home, he served the master, and then finally he served himself, and, and then his response was, I'm just an unworthy servant. Mm-hmm. That's our hard attitude. God can use us to transform nations. That's right. That's right. Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that you've called each of us to be wise stewards of what you've entrusted to us. And Lord, thank you for the fact that as we look at this topic in your word, you by the wisdom and grace of your Holy Spirit can help us to realize, Lord, you've poured abundantly into every single one of us. And by your grace, we have a lot to give, to bless the world with, to use to bless those around us, to to be witnesses that point people to Jesus Christ. Lord, teach us, Lord, that we have so much that already you put in our hands. Our job is to simply be good stewards to make the most of them. Teach us more and more to do just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Stephen, before we run out of time, I want to ask if you'll pray for children and young people today. You know, I think the message about the whole truths behind stewardship and productivity are critical for everyone, but in a unique way for children and youth. Would you just pray for them that they would grow in their understanding of this sort of truth as well? We'll be glad to. Father, we we lift up the youth in America today. Father, I, I pray especially that you instill in them an understanding of the importance of working and laboring and, and using those skills and abilities, not to squander it away, not to bury it under the ground, not to waste their time and with frivolous things, but show them the importance for God's kingdom, but also for mankind, for them. So in, for, in order for them to be a blessing and to live flourishing, show them, yes, teach me how to work and labor hard. Teach me what to, to uh, eat and feed my mind and my spirit with, the truths and ideas that I need to f- feed my mind and spirit with uh, uh, so that I can be productive. Give, give every one of them grace to walk out uh, uh, the challenging Christian life and 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 that which the devil is trying to steal from them of keeping them dependent upon someone else or, or squandering away their their talents and skills lord i pray that by your grace that you would would overcome that and and raise up a new generation who might advance your purposes in the earth in jesus name And Father, again, thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have of being the church, the church which is your vessel in the world to to build your kingdom. Help us to recognize, Lord, that as we learn to walk with you, as we listen to the wisdom and the power of your word, as we listen to the wisdom and power of your Holy Spirit, it's your Holy Spirit that teaches us how to take what you've entrusted to us and to make it explode in the world, to make it very productive to where in our sphere of influence, that we can be the blessing to the world you'd have us to be. Help us to know, Lord, that again, as we simply walk with you, listen to you, and obey you, that we can be vessels through which the world will recognize your goodness and they'll be glorified through our individual lives. More and more, teach us to maximize 
the moments of our lives, to maximize the gifts and strengths we have for your glory and the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, our in-studio guest today has been Stephen McDowell. He's the president of the Providence Foundation. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the all-important step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a great day to be saved. Today is a great day to make that step. If you'd like to make that step and invite Christ into your heart, we'd like to invite you to simply pray this prayer and commit your heart and life to him even now. If you'd like to do that, would you simply pray this with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much. That you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. You told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we invite you to please be in touch with us once again. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we hope to hear from you once again. Again, joseph at afr.net. Please be in touch with us. Uh, Stephen, again, thank you so much for being with us once again. Share with our listeners one final time how they can get in touch with you and learn more about the Providence Foundation. Our website is providencefoundation.com. Many free articles and many other, you can see our resources there at providencefoundation.com. All right. And for more information about the tours as well? Spiritualheritagetours.com. Please join us in June or September for these uh, enjoyable tours. All right. And Stephen, thanks so much again for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for Stephen McDowell and the work of the Providence Foundation as they continue to do the great kingdom work that they do in our world. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.